Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Well, kid, how are you getting on? How's the old lad getting on? Hold your wish. Your man up the road is some header. A head like a well slapped arse. Get your lighters, five for the year, though. I hear. Would you be well? That fella. If there was work in the bed, he'd sleep on the floor, huh? I tell you. He's some dose. Pure, clean, rotten. Your man is some langer. We'll learn him. We'll learn him. You bleeding tick. Tis your man. He's bleeding massive. I'm a busy man. Hello, sunbathers. I'm going to guess you're all out there absolutely chilling in the sunshine listening to this episode or you're out walking or on your way in the car to the beach because it's absolutely gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. It's bleeding, sweltering out there. I'm recording this on a tiny break from sunning myself to inside to record this little episode here. Um, what is crack which is all? Um, how have you been since last week since Shane Ward was around? Uh, oh my god I got such a good response to Shane Ward like so many of his fans shared it and um, so many of you seem to enjoy it and a couple of people messaged me on Twitter um, found me on Twitter and said that they really enjoyed it really good chat uh, obviously he was talking all about positivity and the X Factor and all that kind of stuff so when the fandoms contact you you're always a bit nervous because you're like oh my god did I say something wrong here god help if I ever get like the 1D lads ever on with me I'd be like as nervous um, but they, yeah, no, they really seem to enjoy it and uh, yeah it was really really it was really nice to hear from them and if you haven't listened to it yet obviously go back what has been happening for me in the last week a uh, super stressful week uh, super super stressful so I'm really gl- delighted that we have this sunshine that can kind of oh, I just puts everything puts a filter on everything makes everything just look so much more beautiful when the L sunshine is out and it makes us feel like we have a summer and I'm moving house this week next week um, so it's going to be I think the day that we're meant to move it's going to be 27 degrees so that's fab yeah that's that's gonna be interesting I just gonna let everyone else do the moving and I'm just gonna lie in the garden and then move to the new garden and lie in that garden too <laughs> people are so lucky to have me around I'm such a good person um but yeah so anyway you're not here to hear me ramble on about how lovely it is outside because potentially you're listening in a country where maybe it's not so lovely it's just it's fabulous in Ireland if it is raining where you are and it's you're like shut up do remember that it never is sunny in Ireland so for us to get 25 degrees today is absolutely like groundbreaking I'd say there's farmers tan is being burned as we speak but I have the SPF on and I have been drinking the water all day and coming in and having little breaks and of course had me vegan magnums so to keep myself cool <laughs> you have to have a magnum to keep yourself cool um 
but if you are listening in a different country actually I was looking this up the other day so um, I host this on Anchor uh, which is one of the like it's like Acast and all them kind of stuff where you upload it onto and obviously 71% of people who listen to this podcast are from Ireland and 15% are from the UK and the next one after that is the United States so there's I'm guessing these are a lot of expats living abroad and then it's Australia um, so hello Dananda to all my lovely friends who I'm assuming are just people who knew me when I lived in Australia myself and if that is true thank you and if not you're just a randomer if I'm sure you would matter that's class but yeah some other countries have been listening and I always find this funny because like do people um, understand my accent do they know what I'm talking about do I sound really Irish in them you know that kind of way um, I see just looking here and I've got some Kiwi listeners, uh, which is great. Portugal, Bulgaria, uh, which I've never been to Bulgaria. So, you know, I'm like, I it's not like someone I've met over there. So I'm like, oh, who's that? Who are you listening in Bulgaria? That is actually really, really cool. Uh, what else? We've got Germany and Poland, um, the Czech Republic, Denmark. There's a few other ones here. Uh, India, Saudi Arabia. These are amazing. Colombia, Russia. Argentina. These are basically like a where's where of I want to go on my holidays. Um, whenever you know holidays are a thing again, that would you know. Uh, Singapore, Thailand. So listen, if you are listening from somewhere abroad, um, do come find me on Instagram. Uh, it's just at tis yourself, and let me know where you're listening and how you found it. Is it like a particular episode? You know, was it just that you were a massive like MacArdle fan or Love Island fan because I had Montana on? Um, or something like that uh, was it an episode that you found was it someone suggested to you send me a message and I'll give you a little shout out in one of the episodes that would be really cool like I see Indonesia here and Italy just yeah send me a little you know how's it going and how you found us and what's the crack and sure of course if you're listening in Ireland the UK United States um, do send me a message if you're listening in the US and you're looking for a wife <laughs> me shout <laughs> that green card is still I'm still waiting for it uh, I enter the lottery every year and you all look Donald didn't want me there maybe Joe will um, but yeah no send me a message I'd love to hear whether it's here in Ireland you're listening to us listening to me in you know uh, Buncrana or you're listening in Galway or Leitrim or wherever just or on the road tell me and I'll obviously have an episode out every Saturday and I can give you a shout so come find me my friends now on to today's episode I'm going to guess I'm going to have a lot more naughty listeners after this um, I am chatting to a wee dairy boy he's living over in the US now quite a long time you will probably know him if from I, one of two things Celtic Thunder or Glee the Glee Project and Glee itself uh, his name is Damien McGinty and we had some serious crack on the old Zoom uh, we're chatting he was over in his fabulous LA apartment and the day that I he was chatting to me it was overcast here and he was just doing what I just did a few months ago and flaunting the fact that it was lovely weather over there and it was raining here so I just got my own karma there on that one but um, now I've got my sunshine back so I hope it's raining in California Damien oh, no money messing and it was lovely to chat to Damien we talked all about you know starting at 14 Glee and the real reality behind a show like that because we're all right over here and it is the glee curse which is a phrase I'm not really fond of myself Um, you know we've heard there's been such tragedies involved with that show and people have lost their lives and you know it's just been heartbreaking and some maybe if you're like me and when you watch it sometimes it's going to be a bit hard to watch because you know you see someone in it in a quarry and you're kind of like wow 
you know, I think it was eight years this week since Corey died. So that's kind of just like, wow, that's that's just, you know, so weird to think about, like heartbreaking for someone who's so talented. And obviously Anea and, you know, stuff like that. So, so yeah, like obviously it's, it's weird for Damien because he was part of the show and he knew these, all these people as people and he'll explain his experience and I'm going to let him take over right now. Zoom is some crack, isn't it? God, <laughs> stop, I know. If we yeah. had have owned uh, Zoom stocks 18 months ago, we'd be doing all right, mind you. I know. Why, did, why didn't I? When the first time somebody suggested it to me and I was like, go away. Yeah. Now I'm like, this is my life. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we done it. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine if this is a job interview and I was like, ah. <laughs> I know. A technology job interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hi, Google. I'd love to join the team. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Very, very good. <gasps> Whereabouts in the world are you today, Damien? What's the crack? I'm in, uh, I'm in California. So I've got a, I have an apartment in Huntington Beach. So myself and my wife live here. Um, I just see you shaking your head. It's not, if it helps, it's very gray outside this morning. So it just reminds me of home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's grey where I am. It's it's warm but grey. But yeah. oh, to be in California, what's the levels of lockdown or non-lockdown like for you now? Uh, I'll be honest, and a lot of people back home don't like hearing this. There is, I mean, it's back to normal out here. It's like full pelt, uh, full steam ahead, no issues. Um, everything's open. Um, yeah, I just got my second shot yesterday. Oh, great um, news. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, Nicola, it's, it's, it's just like, it's back to kind of what it was a year ago. The traffic's horrendous again. So, you know, it's, you know, it's back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, we're getting slowly there, I suppose, in our end, but. Yeah. We're very, when I see things like that, like you guys, when we couldn't go to the pub and you guys were able to, and then they were announcing concerts, like I saw Foo Fighters at the, at the Square Garden. I was like, what? I know, I know. I actually, I, I got a bit of a wake up call there. I hadn't been home for about, you know, during this whole process. So that was about a year and a half, but I finally got home in um, late April. I got home for a couple of weeks to see the family and had a bit of work or whatever. And I was very surprised at the level of uh, lockdown that it was still at because over here, it's kind of been, to be honest, we've had, a, there's been a lot more like, I, I don't know, freedom is the right word, but a, a lot less restrictions probably. Mm -hmm. um, kind of since like the autumn, maybe, I would go as far as saying. Um, so when I went home in April and I like, couldn't even grab a coffee, I was like, I don't know how, how, um, how my family and everybody's done it for this long. It was like, it was a bit of a wake up call. I didn't realize the extent of it, to be honest. And the excitement we got when you were allowed to have a coffee, you we were like, this is like winning the World Cup. <laughs> Life has returned. <laughs> yeah. It's good that you got home for a while, though, considering like it must have felt like when you can't, when you're told you can't go somewhere, it always seems like it's much longer. 100%. I mean, it's the first time I ever, um, I'll never take it for granted again. The idea of just sort of being able to jump on a plane and get home or, you know, fly for work or whatever it might be. Um, I was very fortunate that I've always been in a position where I could just do that sort of at the drop of a hat. And, you know, cause I don't have any ties over here. Like we, you know, myself, my wife, we, we don't have any kids or anything. So it's just like, you can kind of do whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it takes, whatever you need to. Um, 
and that was the first time that and I almost there was a moment I remember that I almost had a panic attack and I'm not a panicker at all actually I'm not an anxious person um but I remember sort of in the depths of it all being like if something happens to anybody back home I I can't get home and that was a really scary thought so yeah I mean your head goes to that you know naturally in those sort of in those circumstances your head can sometimes go to like worst case scenario mm-hmm. and you're like if, if you have like a family funeral or anything and you're flying in from international from the states you're, you you can't go to the funeral so it's just like you know uh if you get lost in that thought process too heavily it can be it can be a dark place you know yeah well i'm sure it was like for anybody who's living abroad you're always going to think what if what if the bad things but thankfully i'm assuming everybody is okay everybody's all yeah. right yeah touch wood everybody everybody gets through it okay um you know we're not obviously through it yet but yeah touch wood um close family and friends have, have been okay so yeah it's been just like everybody hunkering down and getting through it you know yeah and uh, thank you by the way for taking the time to come on i didn't get to say that to come on the podcast and chat and thanks for having me i just i'm delighted to have chat to you again and see how you're getting on and i always start off by asking and this one's kind of a weird one for me to ask you because i always ask people what they're best known as by by fans but like I would know you from Glee, but I know there's people that know you from like the Celtic Thunder and that, like that who would never have known you on Glee. Yeah. I mean, yes, 100%. It's I, I've led this career that, I mean, I've been very, very fortunate that I've been a part of, you know, I would say those two projects in particular are like the um, mainstays and the, the staples that sort of when my name is, is mentioned it would be followed by those two projects. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I do get asked about this sometimes. I'm like, it doesn't even nearly annoy me because like, how lucky am I that I've been able to be a part of projects that are that are successful enough that every time your name's mentioned, they're followed by those projects. It's like, why would I ever complain about that? It's <laughs> such a, I mean, it's such a major blessing to sort of have been a part of those and to still be, you know, Kelly Thunder still, you know we're hopefully aiming to get back on the road maybe later this year if not definitely early next year so it's just like these projects have been such a such a great part of my career um and now you know i'm doing a lot of my own stuff now as well that i'm really Mm. really enjoying um and that's i would say challenging in different ways than being part of group projects are but but yeah a lot of people know I, i would say you know a fan that is like a glancing fan that's not necessarily a you know what you would call a damien hardcore would probably be more familiar with glee and then it's like the people that have been following me for a very long time and know me from 14 since i was in kelly thunder and so yeah it's definitely an interesting dynamic yeah it's funny when you say that because like for, when you say 14 like think about it you were so young do you ever do you ever think like that going like your friends at 14 were like Let's go kiss girls. Who can sneak yeah. some booze? <laughs> you were like, I'm away yeah. on the tour. I know, I know. No, I mean it is. It's it's you know, when you reflect on it now, um I you know, I'm I'm still only twenty I'm saying I'm still only twenty eight as well. I know sort of in the larger scheme of things, that's quite young. Um, and I've just happened to have had this fourteen year long career that has just taken me to so many places that frankly I never thought I'd see. Um so yeah, I mean, joining that at 14 and, you know, technically leaving school and um, doing all these things, it was definitely different than your 
than your average person, that's for sure. Um, and there's pros and cons to that. I mean, I would never change it. Never, ever in a million years would I change it. But like, you know, would I like to experience um, university or would I like to experience, um, you know, my formal, for example, like I never went mm. to, you know, a formal or, you know, where they call it, where else in the world they call it, you know, they call it a prom or whatever it might be called. I never got the experience. And so there's things that you miss out on as well. That is kind of, I don't, I never think about it, but, um, but if you sort of reflect on it, there's definitely pros and cons to both sides, you know, but I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, look, you've come, you've, you know, at least going through it, you didn't miss all that. And then, you know, your career was over at 18. Yes. I think that might've been different. If, if, if I had went through it all and then, as you said, 18, 19, even 20, 21, if I had been looking at this six years, that was amazing. But realistically, I was looking at a future that did not involve music or did not involve acting or, you know, the entertainment industry. I think it would be a very different story. Um, but like, you know, I get asked a lot, what's your main aim in this business or like, what's your objectives or what's your dream? And mine has always just been longevity. Like I would love to do this for a very, very long time. Mm. Um, anybody who knows me knows I'm a very like kind of gangly, awkward person. Um, and I truly believe that like my late thirties, early forties are going to be like my prime. Like I think I'm, I hope and think that I'm going to age quite well into that. Um, so I'm just excited for like longevity and that's what I always strive and work towards because that's a good point you make. If I had been 20 and it was just burnt bridges in the career, which, which happens to, I mean, thousands of mm. people, you know, especially in the current day, you think about it, things like X Factor and Britain's Got Talent and all these shows, yeah, they offer, they really do offer a three-year, four-year career mm -hmm. and then you're left with nothing. Um, and you also took a road that maybe didn't necessarily teach you how to how to work for um, opportunities or how to work for the day-to-day -day stuff in this business. So yeah, I'm glad I didn't get on that road, to be honest. Yeah, because you could have been, now you could be at the age where you haven't had any success in six years and you have to go down the reality TV road that you never envisioned for your career or, you know, you have to have a scandal to get yourself yeah. your name back out there or whatever that your PR team would be like, come on, just do this to get your name out there. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you've done it such a different way. You've gone, you know, you've gone touring with the group, you've been on a TV show and then you've done your own stuff as well. So there's always ways you can go into another realm yeah. if one's not working yeah i think i think that's important i think it's kind of like any any career nicola it's just like you sort of have to build um you have to build different angles you have to build different setups different situations that you can sort of turn to whenever one of them needs a break um and that's kind of i do think if you ask me like you know what 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 would you say is the reason that you've been able to do this for 14 years it's a I'm really not afraid of taking risks. Like I'm not afraid of taking chances. Um, and that's, you know, like I was four years into Celtic Thunder whenever I said, I'm going to go into the Glee project. Um, and I remember so many people thought I was absolutely crazy because they were like, why are you doing this? You've just, you've built a profile for yourself the last mm -hmm. four years. You're doing pretty well. Like, you know, Celtic Thunder at the time, we're selling out Radio City two nights in a row, which houses seven and a half thousand people. So this was like, this was like a show that was like doing very, very well. Um, and then the youngest kid that was in it, that was like known for puppy love and all these things. was like, ah, I'm gonna, you know, 
kind of quit the band for a while and go off and enter the Glee project with 40,000 <laughs> hour kids. You know what I mean? So it was just like, it was, I mean, looking back, I, it's, it's a crazy thought why I did it, but I just fancied a challenge and I was like, I'm going to gamble with this. Like I, you know, I love a challenge. I love bettering myself and I love trying to get better and evolve all the time. So I've never been afraid of that. Well, like I remember watching um, the Glee project, obviously, and there was a bit of excitement when, you know, there was an Irish person. in. so, of course, then Ireland were behind it. And and you're if I remember correctly, you were only meant to be in it for a few episodes and it got extended. Was that right? Yes, that's true. Uh, the winner of the Glee project, um, which I was, got seven episodes. Um, and yeah, I ended up doing I can't I think it was like 24, 25 I did or something. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as a, I, you know, I, I always kind of tend to downplay things. And I think to myself that, to be honest, it could have went better. Um, and to be honest, um, I think to myself that I was very young. I was very naive and I just was not set up in LA whatsoever. So, mm. Like I couldn't, I couldn't drive. I didn't know anybody. So these were very, very very difficult circumstances um, to be in and to then feel fully comfortable to fully grasp this major opportunity that was just thrown my way. Mm. Very, very hard. I mean, it's like a footballer. If, if he gets, you know, if he gets a big move and he has to settle his family into a country he's never been to and all this, it's, mm. it's hard. Sometimes people, people struggle with that transition. Um, and it's just natural because you're just not set up. So it's like, you can't fulfill your, your potential when you're in a place that, your energy is spent on so many different things on getting yourself set up on, you know, getting to know people. So all this stuff. So, I mean, the, the pessimist in me and the, and the down player in me would say it could have went better. Um, and I could have made five years out of it. And I could have been one of the main characters on Glee. That's like the ambitious. I know I could have done that. It didn't quite play out that way, which is okay because it was still great. And it still went better than what I'd signed up for. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, I guess it is technically a success, but just the down player in me is like, it could have went better. And what's weird is that I looked at that the other way and said, you were only meant to be in it and you more than doubled that. And you are just yeah. still thinking, what could I have done if I had done this 100%. a different way? 100%. I mean, if I had been, you know, I look at it in a way that if, if, if I had been more settled, if I had been more confident in myself, um, what I would say as well is that it was not the easiest set to um to settle into because these were people that had just experienced um season two of glee which was ratings breaker across across the across the board like more people mm -hmm. 15 million people a week were watching this show which is quite frankly unheard of um that's just in america mm -hmm. um so they went through season two of that and then they just did 40 city tour i think across the world where you know they sold out the O2 eight nights in a row, like all this mm. stuff, and then it, they had a week's break, and then they entered the set for season three, and that's when I came in. So I came in to the set at a point where these people were at the pinnacle of their fame and notoriety. Mm. Um, so it just was not the easiest place to settle in, just for a number of different reasons and a number of different dynamics. Um, and it would be for anybody, anybody trying to handle a lot of amount of fame. It's very very difficult. Um, so yeah, it was tough. Yeah, because um, I actually remember going to see Glee in Dublin around that time they came and did a gig here. Um, we did hear like a lot, and this is the thing, it's kind of the sad thing, I suppose, that's come out of Glee. We've heard people saying that certain 
cast members were not so nice on set and when you love a show it's kind of hard to hear that but then for you it must have been really hard because their their personalities now to where they were there and probably different but they suddenly get a huge shot of ego you are now famous you are everyone wants to know your relationship status everyone wants that and you come in fresh excited and they're kind of maybe I'm not going to classify all of them like that but I mean like some of them maybe didn't feel like they needed to help you where they might have if yeah. it was even one or two 100 percent, and i mean that's you know that and the other side of that coin is that nobody nobody had to help me like it's not you know hmm. i think I, i'm the sort of person personally that i would have helped somebody in that position that's what i would have done but not, not everybody's built the same way and, and that's totally fine not everybody has been built the same way and the reality is that i had no idea what was going on in their lives they they have their own things going on that they have to focus on. So, and that's not me necessarily like saying, well, you know, defending some of the behavior or whatnot, but you know, I'm just basically saying like, it's a very difficult situation to be put into. I, I had an experience of it and I'm a very, I feel like I've, I've been lucky. I've had really, I've, I've got really great parents. So I've been very, I think very well grounded. Um, and even for me, I was like, my head was getting turned and I was just going through this process. And I was just like, this is just like, this is, this is Hollywood at its, what feels like at its like absolute top. Um, mm. And it's tough, it's tough situations to be in. So, and that was me that was just entering season three. So as I said, for people going through season two and that sort of notoriety and that sort of work as well, I mean, they, they did not get a break. Mm. Um, so as I said, it's a very, very difficult situation to, and like circumstance to judge people's behavior after all of that, because there's just so much going on. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's definitely very interesting. Yeah. So you're kind of like no hard feelings now as an older person, but like for me, I kind of find it weird because I love it. I love the show. And when I watch it, I, cause it's on Netflix, obviously it's back on Netflix and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I have so many memories of it and, you know, and I watch in certain episodes and I love certain characters, but there's been so much tragedy attached to it that in other ways, it's really hard to watch. Yeah, um, it certainly is. And I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't like this thing that's, that's, that, that goes around about this like glee curse, because I, I'll tell you why Nicola, because I, I'm from Derry. I'm an Irish fella. I just, I'm a, like a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that like, I know these people as, as human beings. Um, and every human being is the same. Um, nobody is any better or nobody is any put on a higher, you know, a higher pedestal, whatever it might be. We're all the same. We're all made of the same stuff. So you're right. The word tragedy is definitely um, relative to the set and the situation, but it was more about the circumstance. And I think and less about the people um, because it was such a tough, tough place to be in terms of again notoriety and fame and it was just a place that people were plucked out of nowhere mm -hmm. and you're part of a cast it's not like it's not like justin bieber where he's a a soul identity it's like you're part of a cast um so you're not necessarily the main player but yet you're still dealing with all of this stuff um so like i get a little bothered when i hear about this glee curse and stuff i'm like yeah there is a lot of tragedy involved but like these were real people um these were real human beings and you know, I, I personally, I like never had a crossword with any of them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they were always, they were always nice to me. Um, some of them were just standoffish, which I totally understood as we just spoke about. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it is decorated in tragedy now. And that's, it's very, very sad because I knew the people, I knew the human beings. And I think a lot of times when people look at it and talk about like this glee curse or whatever, they just see characters and they don't really see the people and they forget that, wait, like these are human beings that had lives and have families. And so it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a little harder, I suppose, when you knew who the people were. Yeah. Um, the word curse just that. doesn't seem right because curse kind of seems like a jinx or like a stroke of bad luck. And that's doesn't sum up that you've lost people. People's actually yeah. have like passed away. And that the word curse just kind of feels like someone or oh, someone's yeah. put a curse on you. I don't like that word. I agree. I, it, it, to me, it feels like it devalues the human being hmm. um, because the human being was not cursed. The human being had, had a tra tragedy struck in the person's life. It's not, you know, I think curse is just like a very devaluing um, look at it that way. Were you slightly relieved then when things kind of came to an end with Glee and you kind of were going your own way or was it a bit of a like, holy crap, now I have to actually try and figure out what I'm going to do in my life? Like, because I'm associated to this massive show, now I'm finished. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Where was, where was your head at? My head was totally fine. Um, I, um, I had experienced it. Um, to be honest, I was more than happy, more than happy to be like, uh, let's just go our own ways here. And let's, I, I missed touring a lot because I was now in this Glee world for, you know, the whole process was probably about three years for me, um, mm -hmm. from the Glee project to shooting the show to, I've done a few episodes in season four and stuff as well. Um, so it was, it was for me personally, as a performer and as a person, it was, it was the perfect time because mm -hmm. of how it went, as I said earlier you know the down player in me is like well it could have went better if i had been one of the main characters which is what i wanted i'd never wanted to be a bit part player that's just not my personality um i've always been like i think if, if you ask me like well you know what's one of your best qualities i would say i think i'm a i think i'm a very good leader um mm -hmm. and i think i've got like i'm really good at adding clarity to situations and like talking to people um so for me, like playing a bit part just did not sit my personality, to be honest. Um, so it felt like the right time. Um, and I was just incredibly grateful to the whole creators and the cast and, and everybody for having me. And it was just a great experience. So, I mean, I was in that world for three years and I couldn't really complain. And the time had come just for that, you know, every chapter ends. Um, mm. But when something ends, something else begins. And that's just the way it went for me. So it would have been too hard like, I know you're beating yourself up a little bit for not getting into the main cast, but as you said, it became the biggest show on the planet and everybody like, let's just like, you know, the likes of Leah and Corey were just these suddenly shot to mega stars and they even what would have been considered in maybe season one and bit season two as bit players were then superstars. So for you to even try and muscle your way in through the yeah. what were bit players, let's say, in the first yeah. season two then for you to try and muscle away at the top, it would have been quite hard, but that's would have been for anybody. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I mean, yeah, as I say, like the, the, the way it played out, um, is, is, I mean, I, I certainly, certainly don't lose sleep over it. Yeah. Um, but, but, but you're a hundred percent right. I mean, I totally understand if, if, if I personally, if I had have entered in season one, I think it probably would have ended up differently. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, as you completely called out there going into season three and, there was just people that were so established and storylines that were priorities, which is fully understandable um, because this entire world had fallen in love with these people and these characters. So of course they were going to be priorities. 
So yeah, I, I don't, I don't beat myself up too hard in terms of like, you know, the part I beat myself up about is like not becoming an A-lister on the show. I was, still, oh. I, I was still in the new directions. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I was, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, but I'm just the sort of person that like, you know, you can always be better. You can always do things differently. You can always improve. Um, and I've always just really believed in myself and I know what it could have looked like. Um, but again, it probably played out the way it was meant to because it got me to where I am today. And um, yeah, and I have I have my clarity and I have my I have my sense about me and I'm very very happy about that. So you're like one of those you know bombshells that goes into Love Island that's not in the main cast and then they're like I want to you know, move out of the way of main cast and it's like <laughs> you're like actually it'll be the better thing for me that I was only in it for a while. There you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, See? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like now you're doing your own stuff. Obviously, you've got music out now and you've got the EP coming out and. Like this is a whole new ball game for you because you still do stuff with Celtic Thunder. It's not like you you haven't been working. You've been doing stuff, but now you're going out and standing there and being like, "It's just me." <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's a very very different thing. Um, I have completely fallen in love with like creating music. Hmm. Um, I I do it all to be honest, out of choice. I do it all independently. I love it. I love having creative control. Mm-hmm. Um. I love being able to like create a theme for an album and then write music towards that and just being as creative as possible. And I love bringing my fans, the fan base I've built along on that. Um, so it's, it's, it's obviously very, very different and it's very hard. Like I, I often feel like um, my job is to be a singer and an actor and an entertainer or whatever, but like my profession has become running a business. Like that's, what it looks like for me now on a day-to-day basis it's like there's so many different things that go into play on these Mm -hmm. um whether it be setting things up like i i have people that you know at this point in my life that like work for me um which i just never thought i would get to Mm. um so it's almost like not almost it is a company at this point that i like run and i create music for and i you know sell the brand and, and build the brand and all this stuff so it's a completely different thing, but I have to be honest, I absolutely love it. Um, I really, really do. And I think the experience from these things like Glee and, and the, the Celtic Thunders mm-hmm. and all that have obviously helped um, in terms of working with different people. It's funny, isn't it? Because I even know like from working on the podcast is people think you just record and that's it. Like the celebrities yeah, just yeah. come to you and they're like, hey, have me on your podcast. And you're like, well, actually I have to go find them myself, get them to agree, come to a time, record, edit, and then self-promote. And you probably know this from working like, you know, with doing a lot of stuff for yourself independently, that you, the self-promotion is so draining. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It honestly is. And actually, I feel like, I personally, I feel like one of my strengths is like, having like creating interesting announcements and like Mm. theming them around uh what what the theme of the the new ep or the new record is going to be um i think that's a strength but a weakness of mine is definitely just like consistent self-promotion um yeah i'm just like not very good at that like i i i quite enjoy um like i don't be on like refreshing instagram like i probably post once every two weeks or something like i'm just not like like i enjoy stories and stuff but i'm just not (laughs) Like I see people do it all the time and I'm like, I don't know how you put the energy into that. Like I've got so many other things going on that I'm not thinking about what picture I'm going to post tomorrow. I, I you know, yeah. that's just like, 
such a draining thought to me. And also I'm like, you know, the same, like my friends and my family follow me like, are they just like, stop talking, stop promoting yourself. <laughs> I, know. I, I know I get the same insecurities. Well, I, I, I definitely do have those insecurities. And, but like, here's the problem, Nicola, if nobody's doing it for you, nobody's doing it. You yes. know, that's kind of yeah. where we're at. So it's like, this is the job, this is the gig. Um, so that's, you know, what we have to tell ourselves, but I totally, totally can, can relate to that thought. It's funny. Cause you're like, at this point in your career, you think it'll just, I'll have my minions. I know you say you have people working for you, but like, yeah. in, it's not like you sit back on it and the throne and everything oh, is just no. handed to you. You still have to put so much effort in. You're like, I've been working yeah. for 14 years, man. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I mean, let, yeah, let's be very clear. I have people working for me because I, I have no other time to add to my work schedule. That's what, you know, I've had to finally like branch out and bring people on board basically because my plate is very full because I'm always working. So, so yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. So what is coming up for you now? Cause I know I did mention that you've got music coming out. You have a single that's out and you have an EP out this summer. Isn't that right? Correct. Uh, yeah, the single, those were the bass um, is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's one of the favorite, one of my favorite songs I've written. Um, it, this is the know, one about I, being from Derry, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I, I just, you know, I love the idea of nostalgia, Nicola, and that's kind of what the EP is based around. Um, and I'm really curious about nostalgia and like why it's something that we always look back on and feel, but why we can't experience it in the moment. Um, because even though I can't experience it in the moment right now, I do know if I look back on this 10 years from now, I'll feel nostalgic about it. So it's a really interesting um it's a really interesting thing to me. So the whole EP is kind of based off of that. And those were the days is, um, is about growing up in Derry and uh, the first love that I had there. Um, and it basically says that, you know, we always thought that that was going to work out. Like I remember my very first relationship was like four or five years long when I was like 14. Um, and, <laughs> I, and I always, yeah, I know exactly. And I always thought that, I mean, we were, we were basically high school sweethearts, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, when you're that age, you just assume that it's going to work out and that you're going to, but like most of the time it doesn't. And that's not your fault. That's just because, you know, life. sometimes it's, yeah, it's out of reach, like paths go different ways and may maybe in a different life it might have worked out. I don't know. But like, that's definitely what the first part of the song relates to. And then the second part of the song is about my wife and getting married in Memphis. And, you know, we got on stage and sang Sweet Caroline and the whole crowd was made up of Irish people and Memphis people. And it's a combination like no other. It just combusted like never before. <laughs> um, and everybody sang Sweet Caroline. So like, it's a very, it's a very transparent song. And the choruses are just about like looking back. And those were the days that we lived to the best of our abilities and enjoyed and had a blast. And I shot the music video on my driveway back in Derry <laughs> when I was home, when I was home in April, just to sort of bring it full circle. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And the EP is called Those Were The Days as well. So that's just, it's all kind of, there's seven songs on the EP that are just based around that concept. So I was just about to say, if you were going to your wife and saying, listen, I wrote this song about this girl I used to date when I was younger and there was no mention of a song for your wife or a part of the song for her, she'd be like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I've, I've written a lot of songs about my wife, so she is totally, totally fine with yeah, I, I think I think as a songwriter, you, you just have to pull from like different places. Um, sometimes it can be interesting conversations when it's and you sort of have to explain that like not every song is factual, like not every song you write is like, believe it or not, is related to your immediate life. So um, I think that's always important to remember as well. 
Yeah, you're like, when I'm writing a really sad song about really bad times, that's not about you. Yeah. When I'm writing about the lovely, happy times, they're all about you. Exactly. Yep. Play your cards right. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you've got a talent now that if ever you forget a present, you're like, uh-huh, song. Uh, I don't remember one yeah. of these. Yep. I forgot a present, but wait till you hear what I wrote there a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this. I've been thinking about your birthday for months. I wrote this yeah. song, produced it, exactly, edited yeah. it. It's all good to go. Yeah. I love that. Great. So when you, you mentioned there, you're going to go, hopefully be on tour with the, with the lads of Celtic Thunder again. Are you going to then hopefully do something on your own as well, going on the road and. Yes. Um, as soon as possible. Um, normally, normally with an EP announcement and, and release, you know, you, you have a tour off the back of that. That's kind of how, how my cycles have always worked. Um, obviously this time, you know, the EP's out uh, June 25th and there's no tour announcement along with that for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like we're getting close, especially here in the States. Like, mm-hmm. I see a lot of tours being announced now. Um, so it's definitely something that, like, I've started working on and I'm keeping my eye on with potential dates um, for some time this autumn. Um, if not this autumn, I do think I'll get a few dates in this autumn. If not this autumn, definitely early next year. And then I've got the, the, the full album is going to be the first half of next year as well. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's full steam ahead. It's very, very busy. And then myself, and my wife are moving um, from California to Nashville pretty soon as well. So that's oh wow stuff that we're dealing with. Yeah. So it's busy. heading to like music capital there. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a place I've always loved. And, you know, I, uh, it just feels like a good time for us. You know, I've done 10 years in California at this point. Um, so, and I do love it here and I'll be here. I'll still be here a lot. So, I mean, I'll be here multiple times a year. I know I will. But yeah, just in terms of like the next chapter and sort of, you know, maybe buying a place and stuff like that. Nashville feels like a, feels like a really good fit for us. So, And you haven't, uh, let, you haven't got the California accent mixed with the dairy there. So are we going to hear a Nashville dairy? Because there could be similar little twangs there. I mean... Yeah, it, it depends. Nicola, it depends who I'm talking to. You're Irish, so my accent is fully back to normal. But uh, but you know, if I'm talking, if I'm talking to like an American, um, my accent can. I've taught myself it fluctuates around whoever I'm talking to to make sure that I'm just like understood, basically. But I have no problem. I, I know you'll catch everything I'm saying, so that's why you're getting. It's basically full dairy here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said situation a few times, and I was like, he hasn't lost it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'd say the first time you went over there and you started talking, they're like, sure. Oh. I mean, when I was 14, it was, it was rough. Like it was really, cause you're, yeah, you know, I was plucked from, um, from Lumen Christie, which is the old St. Columns college. Um, so, I mean, I just grew up, I grew up growing up in Derry, you know, all I knew was Derry slang. So any interview, I had no experience. I was just saying, all right, whatever, you know, you know, the crack, like, I mean, I was just like, I remember one of the first times on American TV, um, live, I said, um, I referenced like, what's the crack. And I mean, talk about being misunderstood. We went off air and the interviewer was like, you just said crack there. You can't say that on American television. <laughs> That's like why and they're like, well, it means something completely different over here. And I was like, oh no, this is gonna be this is gonna be a long process. I can see the headlines: young star on oh, crack cocaine. <laughs> talking about crack, I know, yeah, exactly, yeah. Would really, it just like, I mean, it's so it's it's a you say it every two minutes back in Derry, you know. 
I know. Oh, geez, I remember doing my J1 in San Diego and a guy having an argument with me because he wanted to agree to disagree that Northern Ireland, um, well, sorry, that Ireland, the Republic, was part of the UK. And I was like, no, that's Northern Ireland, trying to explain. And he like, oh, my God, he was like, no, we're going to have to agree to disagree. I was like, I live there. I should know. Like, like how... How does that argument even go? We're going to have to agree to disagree that the facts are not true, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you're no, wrong I'm not going to agree with that. Yeah, I'm not going to agree with that. The facts are that, you know, this is not true. But anyway, yeah. It's so That's funny. the modern world we live in. That's the modern world we live in. Yeah. You think without all the TV shows and everything by now, we'd all know everything about each other's countries, but we don't. True. I know. It's very, very true. Oh, well, we hope we get you back here for actual some time to come and sing for us and stuff like that soon. I know, yeah, I would love to get some live shows in um in and around Dublin and stuff. So we're sort of keeping our eye on that as well. Um, well, the gigs minute, are starting. We yeah. had a James Vincent McMorrow gig there, Gavin James and a few others. And I think then 2022, we're probably all going to have a gig per night or at least two gigs per night because every day it's like coming in 2022. 100%. I mean, it's been tough being a musician the last 18 months, but uh, next year is going to be tough as well when every single musician is out doing a live show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like, you, you can't blame anybody because everybody's just like, I miss performing live so much, but it's like the, um, the choice is going to be beyond anything we've ever had before. Everybody's going to be in the road. I know. The Electric Picnic 2022 is going to have about 900 acts playing yeah. with 52 yeah. different tents. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Just people playing for free because they want to. Oh, well, look, I can't wait till you get back over. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And uh, yeah, you thank you for chatting to Super. me. It's very Thanks early over there, me. so I appreciate it. No, not too bad. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. And I'll talk oh, to you look, soon. it was lovely to catch up with you. And um, it's been great crack, so I've been happy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Me too. I really, really enjoyed it. Good talking to you, and I'll catch you soon. Yes. Okay. Chat soon. Bye. 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 That, of course, was Damien McGinty there, the Glee Project, Glee, and of course Celtic Thunder, and now out on his own, making his own music. So do go find him. If you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening, go and find him and have a little listen to one or two of his songs and see if that's something that you might enjoy. Obviously, go follow him on Instagram. Um, Yeah, he's such a lovely lad, and we have great crack at, I think it was the second time I've chatted to him, interviewed him, and he's just, he's just real sound, and, you know, no difference to him than I'd say when he left Derry except for as he said there his accent changes when he's talking to people but that's just to make sure they understand him um I was no it was lovely it was really nice to talk to him I'm just looking at myself here in the mirror as I'm recording this and like when you watch you know sometimes people film their podcasts and stuff like that or like like I'm doing my chats on zoom so I have clips of myself and Damien and stuff uh that you know everyone's real professional and they've got their headphones and they're sitting up straight in their chairs and everything is fab I'm currently lying on a bed with in like a play suit I've been sweating in all day outside because it's super hot <laughs> and I'm like lying on the bed like fanning myself because I'm like it's so warm I'm I'm that's a gorgeous image of you so I'm I'm just gonna leave you with that that that's that's how I look right now I'm very professional very you know mm-hmm. I should I could be a tv presenter right now Mm-hmm. this is the joy of recording from your rooms um well look that was uh i hope you enjoyed this episode if you're here just for that episode do co- take a scroll back see is there anything else that you might enjoy there um you know there's there's 
Love Island episode. There's uh, an Olympics episode. There's a Game of Thrones. There's so much more. If but like, I just say to people, um, why don't you go and just try them all? Like, if you know, if you don't, even if you don't know the person, why don't you have a listen? Because there could be something in it for everybody. Because we talk a lot about different things like addiction and mental health and happiness and positivity and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe if you didn't know the person, it might be something that you'll enjoy. Um, I have to say thank you very very much to a couple of people. Um, to Sophie Vlogs to River uh, Skincare by Guanya and to the Sisterhood podcast who all shared this podcast last week on their Instagram stories um, I really appreciate it because obviously that goes out to a much bigger audience they all have loads of followers um, but not just that it's just I really appreciate the support um, I don't know if you like a lot of podcasts you probably listen to have a producer and that an edit someone who edits and you know they have an executive producer and they have someone creating a jingle and that stuff and I don't I just do everything myself as you heard I don't think a producer would let me lie on the bed talking into a microphone um yeah it's it's very hard um I actually would like I do the editing and I source the guests I find the guests myself put in requests for them hope that they'll come back and say yes um arrange the zooms talk to them obviously do the research and talk to them and then edit it afterwards and put it out onto Anchor and that but actually I find the hardest thing is the self-promotion because I feel like everyone who follows me you know was just like sick of me putting up my own podcast and like the thing is that my own there's certain of my own friends that haven't even listened before you know or have listened to one episode and if you can't get your own friends to listen you know sometimes it can feel like nobody's listening but I know you are and you're obviously here for that so I really appreciate it and if it's something you enjoy I'd love you to share it or review it on Apple or follow us follow me on Spotify just hit the following and then it'll get and it'll come into your timeline every week when I put up a new episode about next episodes um next week's is going to be an Olympics themed one um and we talk a lot about being a female um in the world and in the sports world and a lot more than that so if you're an Olympics fan it's one for you if not if you're just interested in um I don't know a woman's point of view on the world if you're into diversity this is going to be a good really good episode I really enjoyed it I spoke to this person um today actually and we had really good crack and I think it'll be a really fascinating one but anyway I'm going to go and jog on because it's super 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 warm and I have two vegan magnums in the freezer that have to be eaten so by me obviously so off I go uh put on your SPF make sure you drink lots and lots of water jump into the water if you can into the sea and just enjoy this peaceful and beautiful time before rain and snow probably comes next week all right go on good luck I love you all bye 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 bye